headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television and available on all of your popular podcast platforms. My name is Mike Wynn. I am one of the co-hosts of this purportedly weekly radio program, although I'm not going to be here for a couple weeks probably. I'm also the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I'm joined in studio this morning by IT guru, Smart Gary Munn. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you this fine day? A little tired, but... I'm a little tired. Well, I'm you've had some long days <laughs> at the Academy, brother, but we'll talk about that after we get back. Um, and we're going to have another guest joining us a little bit later. Uh, today is Friday, August 13th, 2021. It pains me to say that out loud. I don't know if we've spoken about this on the air before, um, but cops in general are a pretty superstitious lot coming to work on Friday the 13th. It's always something I dread. I didn't check the weather to see if it also coincides with a full moon. If that was the case, I would have just stayed in bed. No, uh, I don't believe there's a full moon tonight. Okay. Why don't we uh, start with the check of the weather? We'll come back and talk about a couple newsworthy items, and then we're going to kind of run through the events of the week because this one's been busy. <laughs> right. Let's get the weather first. <laughs> WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Heat advisory in effect from 11 a.m. this morning to 8 p.m. EDT this evening. Today, mostly sunny. Patchy fog this morning. A slight chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Some thunderstorms may produce gusty wind and heavy rainfall this afternoon. Hot with highs in the lower 90s. Southwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Chance of rain 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then becoming mostly cloudy. A chance of thunderstorms in the evening. A chance of showers. Some thunderstorms may produce gusty wind and heavy rainfall in the evening. Humid with lows in the upper 60s. West wind around 5 miles per hour. Chance of rain 40%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. What do you think of that weather report? Yeah, I really liked the weather yesterday. That was, that was a good storm. <laughs> I, I should have walked out of the office at my regularly scheduled end of work time because I didn't, and 10 minutes later, I had to wait half an hour to leave. Um, so <clears throat> that was fine. I actually uh, I left yesterday for the academy right as I, I got three raindrops in Lennox. And then you got caught in that. No, then I beat it. Oh, nice. But it followed me right to Springfield. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, so news, newsworthy items. Uh, let's start with that. Let's start with the weather. Right? It, we're, I, I don't think prior to this year I'd ever heard the expression or the term heat dome. I don't know, I'm not a, like a meteorological geek, but I know most of the terms. I remember a few years ago. Remember when we got, um, what was that thing? Like cycle bomb or whatever. <laughs> like they, they dropped a weather bomb. They introduced that. Yeah. So heat dome is the weather term of the year, and we're dealing with one. Uh, and, you know, it. Like, I, I like warm weather, I really do. But this this weather in the last couple of days, and we've seen several cycles, of it, it's been a little bit oppressive. And that's cool, you know, if you have access to air conditioning or you, you're experienced and you know what to do. 
But if you're not experienced, you don't know what to do, this is no joke, right? I had the news on this morning and a uh, local, um, local rescue team had to go out and, and take 10 hikers off of a um, rail trail. Hmm. If, if you're an inexperienced hiker, this isn't the time to try it, right? It, it reminded me of a situation I encountered when I was much younger. I was doing some winter backpacking. Uh, we were climbing Mount Marcy in New York in February. That's like, that's mountaineering conditions. Like we had all the gear. We were doing what we were doing. We got to the top of the mountain. Some teacher had brought a bunch of fifth graders up to the top of the mountain, above the tree line in February. If you're not knowledgeable and prepared to deal with extreme weather, maybe wait till it moderates, right? Yeah. Not, not the time to go for a lengthy hike if, for the first time if the temperature and the heat index is over 100. Uh, so stay cool, stay hydrated. If you have access to a you know, pool or splash pad, by all means, take advantage of that. If you can't, um, you know, seek public accommodations and, and, you know, get somewhere cool. And don't forget to check on your neighbors. As far as we're talking about other newsworthy items and, and things that uh, put us at risk, COVID, it's still here. I had uh, my, I was on my social media accounts before I finished reading the news this morning and a woman that I know locally, someone I consider a friend, vaccinated, um, lives alone, you know, uh, doesn't, um, doesn't engage in a lot of risky behaviors. Feeling under the weather, one got tested, tested positive for COVID. Right? She's she's not deathly ill, but she's sick, and she's somebody who takes precautions and takes uh, safety measures, and she still got exposed. It's out there. Be smart, um, you know. And if you're not feeling well, stay home. Don't put other people at risk. We're shifting back to uh, mask usage. It was masked when I got into the studio this morning. We got lots of distance and big barriers between us in here, so that's okay. Um, but I fully expect that, you know, we're going to get indoor mask, like formal indoor mask guidance for city buildings, you know, in, in the near future. Most of us are doing it in public spaces anyway already. Uh, you just have to, you have to roll with it, right? It's out there. We got to get through this. Um, one more news item. I'm going to touch on this briefly because it, it distresses me greatly. And I don't, wanna, I don't even want to discuss the politics of it, but it was announced overnight. Um, so it was, it was announced yesterday. Well, two more news items. Um, it was announced yesterday that the Taliban um, had, had essentially taken Kandahar. And it was announced in the news cycle overnight and today that as a result of that, um, we have to remove some non-essential personnel from our embassy in Afghanistan which means that we now have to redeploy 3,000 troops back to the airport to secure the area to be able to um, safely um, remove our non-essential personnel. It just sucks. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm friends with, with many veterans of the global war on terror, and I'm, you know, I, I follow a lot of groups for them to kind of check what's going on with them, particularly when we deal with the stuff around uh, post-traumatic stress and mental health and resiliency. And people who served in the Afghan theater are angry, you know, and, and rightfully so. Um, so, you know, let's, let's see what happens with that withdrawal. Uh, other news, uh, I'm... I'm upset. Well, I'm personally upset about this, right? I don't know. I haven't resolved how I feel about it for, uh, per professionally. Census results are out. Population of Massachusetts is going up. 
the headline, Massachusetts grew older, less white, and more populous. But all the population gains are in the large metropolitan counties surrounding Boston. And um, two Western Mass counties had population declines, and the Berkshires had the biggest population decline. Um, I was optimistic, particularly after some of the demographic shifts and, and geo geographical shifts we saw last year, that we would gain some ground on that. But 20, the, you know, the population shifts of 2020 weren't enough to offset the previous nine years. Um, it's not sustainable, right? It, I love this place. You love this place. It's beautiful here. Uh, convince all your friends to move to the Berkshires. And uh, let's, because we're gonna we're gonna lose, you know. We're going to lose congressional representation, and that's going to have other impacts. So, got to deal with that. That's sad. But let's finish on a positive note. Apparently, when we're, uh, I don't know, they probably pre recorded. I'm guessing they pre recorded. But when we're done here this morning, our show, On Patrol with the PPD, is going to be followed by another new radio program slash podcast. I lost my news article. Uh, where did it go? Stand by with me for a second. You fill the air, Gary. I get nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> I, I, I didn't write down the name of the show. Anyhow, we're introducing, uh, we're not introducing, WTBR is introducing a new radio program podcast called Backstory. Let's hear it. And it starts today at 10 a.m. And it will be hosted by our friend and colleague, Roberta McCulloch-Dews, who is the Director of Administrative Services and uh public information officer for the mayor's office it'll air fridays at 10 monthly and it'll be about you know stuff that happens behind the scenes don't pay no attention to the person behind the curtain no we want you to pay attention we want you to know um you know what goes into making decisions as an administration so uh mrs mcculloch dues will be telling stories uh, from the mayor's office and i'm i haven't been i, I knew it was coming uh, I don't know how often the, the mayor will be included in that, but I would imagine it will be uh, pretty frequently. We'll have to get Roberta on our show to right. talk about their show. Yep. Yeah. All right. So um, you were saying before we, we started the program today as we were coming into the intro, we haven't seen... Lieutenant Traversa, I'm, I'm going to declare him MIA. Right. right. He's been in studio. Put up Bolo. I'm getting emails. Uh, I insisted on a phone call the other day uh, just because I hadn't heard his voice like you, right? Who's that person in our intro? Um, so we haven't seen Lieutenant Traversa. We really haven't seen Officer Derby. I mean, I've seen Officer Derby, but not related to the program. Yeah. Uh, and that's problematic because uh, if they don't figure it out and get out here for the next couple Fridays, you're on your own. Oh, we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> I'll invite my wife to come out. You know what? You laugh about that, but we've talked about it. I did a program when I showed up here by myself. It was in the early days of the pandemic, I think. And uh, I'm doing the intro. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And uh, my wife was on the way to the gym, so it had to be pre-pandemic. And she heard it, and so she drove out here. And so we <laughs> we did an hour on you know police families and you know it was the the impact of police work on, on people outside of police work. It was actually a good program. So by all means, bring Danielle out. Have her, uh, you know, we, we need to do that more often. We need to start getting some people from the family support group yep. uh, on the air, whether we remote them in or we have them here in studio, because that's an important aspect of the overall occupation that we don't talk enough about. Um, and I know Derby's on shift today. 
He's probably listening. He's probably listening. If he is, he's going to start either texting or escoming us to like make fun of us and make <laughs> us laugh out loud. Either that or he's driving around giving out ice cream. He's He's been in Operation Copsicle, or Copsicle 1 as I call it, more in the last week than he probably has been all summer. All kinds of places. We loaned it to a couple... Um, other jurisdictions, including the city of Chicopee, twice for their national night out and a follow-up, uh, and it came back and they left the freezers full. It did. So, so I know, <clears throat> I know for a fact that day shift personnel have been indulging. I'm <laughs> 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 gonna have to put some locks on those freezers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so just to kind of wrap up this long rambling diatribe. Going back to who's going to be here for the next couple of weeks with you, and we've got um, one interview scheduled. I don't. I won't get into any details about that. Uh, it occurred to me as I was driving out here, and I had said this during supervisory roundtable the other day. I think we're at the point where we need to recruit some more talent. We need to look at our entire roster, find out you know not only who's got the technical skills because let's remember one of the reasons we do this is so that we can preempt programming in the event of an emergency. So find out who has the technical skills and interest, but also, you know, people who are going to have fun with this and tell compelling stories and, and be willing to come out and do the work. So if you are a listener or viewer and you have familiarity with some of our personnel, whether they're operations personnel or, or support services personnel, and you think you'd like to hear them on the air on a regular basis, uh, hear some of their stories, uh, call the office. Four four eight nine seven one seven, or shoot us a message or send me an email and uh and we'll see what we can do to put the arm on them and get them to agree to join the programming staff here on on patrol with the ppd well when you do go away you know you do put somebody in charge yes so that that person should really stand up and <laughs> fill your spot so es so essentially what you're saying is when I do the delegation of authority order today, I should include in the order. And by the way, your duty, your assigned duty station on Friday morning at 9 is the radio station? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got two captains who are going to be filling in for me who absolutely would disobey that order and take the punishment. <laughs> they, they would happily take the rip. <coughs> so we have several commanders most, I would say most of our commanders who have been on the air. We've, you know, of the entire senior command staff, captains and lieutenants, most of them have been on the air. There are two who have not. And um, we're not going to, you know, give it. They're both scheduled to retire in about the next year. I'm willing to bet we can't get either one of them on the air before they retire. Nope. <laughs> not even remotely. Nope. <laughs> and, you know, that's this is a fun conversation. It's a funny conversation, but it was one of the things that we talked about at yesterday's supervisory roundtable. And maybe later in the show, we'll talk in a little more detail about supervisory roundtables. Um, and one of the things that we were talking about supervisory roundtable is getting creative with with how we recruit and what we recruit for. And one of the reasons I brought that up is. It, we have many officers not all of our officers like our, our younger officers when we say look we want you to come out to the radio station and tell us a little bit about yourself they don't know any different right they they were they came up in an age of community policing when they were recruited for that but we have senior veteran officers who are like you know my life outside of the eight hours that i'm here is nobody's business but my you know my family's and they don't want to do it and not only that they're not comfortable doing it 
Um, and it, you have to you have to respect that, right? It's not something that they came to this line of work for. Right. They came to this line of work with a, a thought of mission and service, and but they they didn't want to expose themselves personally to the public they serve, right? It's it's one thing to be there and show up. It's another thing to open yourself up and be vulnerable. And until comparatively recently, it wasn't something we screened for, right? And so, you know, we've got longtime veteran officers and we're like, hey, you want to come out and talk to the public? They're like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm going home to go to bed. <laughs> the door is opened and uh, we are joined in studio by day shift commander lieutenant tommy dolly good morning lieutenant good morning you can't hear anything can't uh, hear let's anything see. tommy grab oh, grab here. that set there you go there we go Got volume check all right cool how's it going this morning lieutenant good morning i'm here to bail you guys out <laughs> yeah, we, 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 so we were gonna roll with it we you know we ha actually had quite a bit of stuff we were gonna talk about but um I walked in and Gary said you had said you were available, so we never take yeah, it. Yeah, of course. We never give up on the opportunity to have live talent Good in, stuff. in the studio this morning. So you weren't um, you weren't with us on Monday, which I think we we'll just walk through some of like the highlights of the week, right? So you weren't with us on Monday, Monday Lieutenant, but um, Monday was an interesting. It, it was it was by far the most unusual full day. I mean, I've had some unusual calls, but this was by far the most unusual full day I've had in my 26 years of law enforcement. And the reason it was so unusual is uh, we haven't talked about it at all. I really should have powdered my forehead this morning. <laughs> we haven't talked about it at all on... Um, Got a shimmer to you. It's, it's a glisten. Uh, we haven't talked about it at all on air, uh, not because it was a secret or anything, but because we really were having some tough times um pulling the the details together but we finally pulled everything together timing with the end of the fiscal year was weird and um so we had a uh film production crew on site uh at headquarters and then briefly in the afternoon out here at the radio station television studio um and then in the community briefly for a couple uh for a couple shots and essentially um what we were doing is we were working on a short documentary film for the International Association of Chiefs of Police. So uh, I'll be attending the IACP conference and uh, trade show in late September, and uh, Pittsfield PD will be featured as a featured police department uh, among the IACP programming. So we're kind of excited about that. We did about a half dozen face-to-face. Uh, -face. Oh, you did come. So you were in the building. I, I forgot. Yeah. You're one. So uh, yeah. we did a couple one-on-one -on -one and a couple one-on-two uh, -on -two interviews. So Lieutenant Dolly and Lieutenant Madalena are one of our interviews. We did a lot of just area shots, B-roll shots in and around the station. Uh, we did a, a program out here to kind of highlight, you know, this program, which I'm very proud of. And uh, then we did a uh, highlight of Operation Copsicle. That was a disaster. <laughs> Um, so we're leaving the television studio, getting ready to go back to the station to shoot the exterior B-roll. And B-roll, you know, in the um, in the film and, and television news industry, and talk about B-roll, I know this because I went to PIO school, uh, and talk about B-roll, it's just the stuff that they run in the background, right? It's, it's, it's area shots that as the 
interviewer or the talking head is speaking, they, they can run so they don't have to keep showing the, the interviewer or the interviewee. So you see like a evening television program and you hear the correspondent telling the story. They're not looking at the correspondent all the time after the intro. They're showing B-roll. So we shot a bunch of that. But anyhow, so we'll get ready to leave here. I, I came out uh, in the cruiser uh, with you. And uh, there, Officer Derby came out in the ice cream truck, Copsicle One, and we're getting ready to go back to the station. We say, okay, you know, we want to get some shots, but we want to get shots of the truck with some children. So Darren does a little check. He's like, you know, we'll go to the common. We can get in from the uh, Wallace Place side. We'll go in there. We'll see who's in the common. I can scout it out real quick. As long as it's, you know, not too many people, I can talk to parents, make sure they're okay with their children being filmed. We'll shoot it, and we'll move on. So we get to the common, and it's the ice cream truck. The, the production crew, me, us, and uh, we get ready to pull in the con. Darren looks. There are literally two families with maybe five children. <laughs> and uh, he's like, we can do this. I know that woman, blah, blah. So he pulls in. We kind of stage. He walks up. He talks to them, gets permission. It's all cool. Pull the ice cream truck in. The cameras are rolling. The kids are standing there. It's a beautiful shot. And as I look across the common towards First Street, 50 children come you know into the common and i'm excited about it because this is going to be epic as far as i know and we won't talk about we didn't actually confirm so i'm not going to say because i don't know for sure but it was um it was one of our our downtown youth organizations essentially daycare programs and i was excited until i found out from the adult counselor when they're away from the facility they're not allowed to let the children um have, have snacks or treats and so we had to, we, essentially, we had to turn them away, which broke my heart. But, you know, they had their rules. Um, we'll make it up to them. We'll figure out how to make it up to them somehow. But the, uh, the, the glorious, this is going to be the best film ever, all of a sudden was just like us going, no, sorry, we're just here for the movie. But it was, <laughs> I felt bad for Darren. But we got through that. So, Lieutenant, we talked very briefly. Um, how'd your interview go? I tell you, it, it went really well. Um, we, uh, the you know, a funny thing about that is, it, we were in there for it, I would say at least forty-five minutes. No, you weren't. It was about twenty minutes. Uh, I felt like it felt like like four hours to be honest with you. But we're in there interviewing, and uh, of course it's it's hotter. And it was than, hot. It, it was turned hot up all the air We had to turn the AC off. Me and Mike are sweating in there, you know, and. Uh, after we get done, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of film, you know, 20 minutes is a long time, yeah. 20, 25 minutes. And he says, well, OK, we're done here. And he says, you know what? I says, just for conversation's sake, how much of this are you using? He goes, ah, about 45 seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, 45 and, seconds out of what? 20, 25 minutes of interviewing. So we <laughs> we shot for close to eight hours and we're going to get all of that. One of the one of the reasons I agreed to participate in this program is we get all of the footage so we can use we're going to own it. We can use it going forward for other projects. But this this thing that they're going to roll during the conference, it, it'll probably be less than 10 minutes long. Yeah. And it, and it it went really well. They had, you know, obviously there was some prepared questions for us um, that we were, we were need to answer. And uh, we, we fed off each other. And I think we did a really good job with it. It was, it was a good experience. So you, good experience. so you and I were talking in the hall as you guys were headed away from your interview. I was chuckling. So because of the way, and I you know, said when we did the intro, um, we knew we wanted to do it. We confirmed that we were going to do it. But actually getting the details done, they were, they were coming to shoot on Monday. 
and we were still finalizing the details last Friday. That's what I did all day after I left here. And so a lot of the stuff was up in the air. I had to confirm the participants and, I, you know, what their specials, specialties or areas of interest were and, you know, kind of what I wanted the interviewers to, to elicit from some of them. And so I sent that to them Friday afternoon. They sent it back to me on Saturday morning. I was training, so I didn't, uh, I didn't have a chance to look at it. I looked at it very quickly Saturday evening, had stuff going on Sunday. So the first time I actually opened each of the call sheets for each of the interviews was Monday morning. And I'm looking at the one for the lieutenant's interview, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I, ho- I hope these guys like me. Because <laughs> if, if they're in a bad mood or if I've offended one of them recently, there's a real good chance they're going to end my career right here. Um, but, well, wait till you get all the raw footage. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, was, it, it was good. It, it, no, it was... Uh, you know, it, there was a lot of good questions, and, and it was definitely a hurry-up offense last week. Yeah, to get this thing but done. There, there was there was the nature of the questions were such that I was like, and again, you know, I agreed to do this because I thought it was good for for the department to get some exposure, and I wanted the, the 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 raw footage because I think we can use that for future community engagement opportunities. I did not want this to to be the Chief Mike Wynn show. It wasn't the intention. But I looked at the call sheets and I was like, there's a lot of questions in here about me. Um, this is not what we, you know, this is, we want to talk about the programs. We want to talk about our officers. We want to talk about our community. And it's like, man, it, if they but you know, a lot of the programs, a lot of the programs wouldn't happen without either your inf- influence on them or you're reaching out to, to have them done. Yeah. I, so I, that's where it kind of morphed into Yeah, I, I get that. But it was just you know? like this, it, it, they need to talk a lot more about what they do and a lot less about you know where these programs came from. So that that it was cool. I'm I'm looking forward to getting the raw footage. We should have it. Um, I think next week. How long is the show? How long is that show going to be? Is that like a, a thirty minute film so, or so the the whole final product for IACP will probably be less than ten minutes. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, the the overall thing. You know, we don't. By the time they stitch all those together, it's probably going to be several hours. But the logoed one that they're going to use in New Orleans will probably be less than 10 minutes. Okay. All right. Um, so we got a few minutes left before we go to station identification. That was pretty much – that was most, That was all day Monday. Um, you you got, like, drafted at the last minute to come in and do the soundboard thing. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't have to talk. No, well, n- none of us were really talking. It was, it was funny. Um, we could have put a cardboard cutout of you there, and it wouldn't yeah. have made a difference, that, right? Yeah, that worked, they, too. They, they shot a lot of footage in this little room, including a ton of B-roll on the way out of the stacks and all that stuff. So in my interview, they asked me a question about on patrol with the PPD, and I probably went on for seven minutes because I love I'm, I'm very excited for the work that we've done with this program. And I got through my whole description of how it came about, what we've talked about, who our guests were like, yeah, can you cut that back and maybe do 25 seconds? <laughs> so I had to do the whole thing over again. <laughs> um, so that got us through Monday and then Tuesday started kind of a, um, an unusual period of time for you, didn't it, Mr. Mon? Yeah, we went up to the armory for first day of APP. So that's applied patrol procedures for our viewers and listeners at home. So, so we did uh, traffic stops. So just before we get into the details, so you were requested and recruited to assist with applied patrol procedures for one day on Tuesday. Yep. And then Tuesday afternoon, you came to the office and said, Officer Gator wants to know if I can work on Wednesday mm-hmm. and Thursday. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
And you probably she probably would have grabbed you for today if I hadn't insisted that you be here this morning. Yeah, I told her yesterday. I said, yep. <laughs> so your one day commitment essentially turned into a full week commitment. Yep. Uh, bracket. So three days, three days of applied patrol procedures bracketed on both ends by uh, television and radio. Yep. None of which has anything to do with IT. Nope. Which would explain why I'm getting purchase order requests for technology at six thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> you got to get it done where you got to get it done. Yep. Okay. Um, it's 928. Why don't we do this? Let's uh, pause for station identification, weather, and PSAs, and then we'll come back and talk about applied patrol procedures so we don't have to interrupt. Okay. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Heat advisory in effect from 11 a.m. this morning to 8 p.m. EDT this evening. Today, mostly sunny. Patchy fogs this morning. A slight chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Some thunderstorms may produce gusty wind and heavy rainfall this afternoon. Hot with highs in the lower 90s. Southwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Chance of rain 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then becoming mostly cloudy. A chance of thunderstorms in the evening. A chance of showers. Some thunderstorms may produce gusty wind and heavy rainfall in the evening. Humid with lows in the upper 60s. West wind around 5 miles per hour. Chance of rain 40%. Weather forecasts for WTBR-FM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. Support for WTBR comes from Berkshire Community College. BCC offers more opportunity and less student debt with small class sizes and more than 50 academic programs to choose from. Fall classes begin on September 7th. Apply today at berkshirecc.edu. And from County Ambulance, providing quality, professional, efficient medical care and medical transportation services to the citizens of Berkshire County. Online at countyamb.com. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Folks, unfortunately, drug use is a driving factor for a lot of crime taking place in our city. The most prevalent crime being theft. Please, take the extra time to ensure that your belongings are safe inside your vehicle. Do not leave anything of value in plain sight. Hide your belongings. Place them in your trunk or take anything of value out of the vehicle. Always keep your vehicle locked. Don't make it easy for them. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. We're back. Thank you again for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. And I'm getting better about remembering to mention, also available on all your popular podcast platforms. Today is Friday, August 13th, 2021. I'm reluctant to say that, as I said at the top of the hour. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield. I'm joined in studio this morning by Gary Munn, our IT guru. And we're also joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Tommy Dolly, day shift commander. Gentlemen. Here we are. Here we are. Here we go. All right. So before we broke for station identification and that last check of the weather, uh, Mr. Munn was telling us about his couple of days 
with the recruit officers class for applied patrol procedures. Yep. Uh, so Tuesday was motor vehicle stops. Yep. And uh, I was excited to hear, I didn't, I, I didn't make it out there, but I was excited to hear that, um, that a lot of times when you go to an academy for applied patrol procedures, if a recruit position their personal vehicle and, and each, you know, departments are expected to provide marked vehicles for use in applied patrol procedures, uh, emergency vehicle operations. And so you position a personal vehicle, you position a cruiser, they're static, you work out of that. Um, We've been blessed in Western Mass, depending on where our training locations are, we've actually been able to do some moving scenarios because we've had access to some controlled roads or, or uh, taxiways. But one of the things that many academies struggle with that it sounds like we did a nice job with this week is what we consider to be uh, unconventional vehicles. So we had a couple officers um, come up on their motorcycles, mm-hmm. right, because you wouldn't think about it if you've never been, worked in law enforcement. Doing a traffic stop on a motorcycle is difficult and in some cases dangerous there's a whole bunch of elements involved in contacting an operator on a motorcycle that are not in play uh, with a car and you have to take some extra steps and and, um, you need to be mindful of the risk not only to the the motorcycle operator but also to the officer because of some of the stuff that comes into play we won't get into the details Uh, we had an atv Mm -hmm. as a as a subject vehicle some different sized trucks you know 18 wheeler and dump trucks provided um you know and again you know i'm i'm a short guy i'm a short statured guy stop um stopping an 18 wheeler and being positioned essentially the b pillar on an 18 wheeler for me is a difficult proposition right Uh, essentially my face is at the same level as the operator's foot um so you know there's there's things to be considered there dump truck things to be considered there weird lines of sight um so getting recruit officers the ability to have some experience with those vehicles before they encounter them for the first time is incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yep. And then Wednesday and Thursday were at the academy? Yes. So you're back down at stick? Yep. And what were they working on on Wednesday and Thursday? Uh, they had multiple scenarios set up. They had, uh, I think they had nine scenarios set up. Uh, ours was uh, Operation Copsicle. We had the Copsicle 1 out there. Darren was the ice cream vendor. I was waiting in line. Unpermitted ice cream vendor? Yeah. I was waiting in line for my ice cream and somebody cut me and threatened me with a knife. Oh. (laughs) Going after the chip witches, huh? Chip witches. I will cut you. (laughs) That scenario is not in the the script book. That's a modification. Yeah, that was a last minute addition. So I, you know, we, we haven't really talked about this we talk about academy training usually when we have a new officer just out of the academy here. We haven't really talked about this. So I'm, one of the things that I, I'm very proud of because of my relationship and the time I spent at the academy is how strongly we support our academy. Uh, we, we don't have any student officers in this class right now, but because we provide a lot of instructors, we're there whether we have students in or out. But that works for us because when we have in-service or specialized training out here, we get to pull the instructors from the academy because we maintain this relationship. But since I went to the academy in 2001, I think it was my first class at the academy as a staff instructor, we have continued to refine and improve the delivery of our applied patrol procedures. As a matter of fact, I just signed off on a bunch of training requests yesterday. We're going to send about a half dozen officers and supervisors to the APP instructor program 
just so that the, the stable of available instructors at Western Mass is larger um, because the more realistic scenario-based training we can provide to our new officers during the academy, the less we have to do during field training and the less we have to do during in-service. We're not that we're not going to do it, but um, plus having the instructors means our in-service is going to get better too. But when I was at the academy, we probably averaged per student officer or recruit officer between five and seven scenarios a day for five days. So they were getting 25 to 35 scenarios in the course of the week. I bet you that's up to nine to 12 scenarios a day now with the additional instructors and the improvements we made. When I was at the academy, other academies, not every other academy, most of the academies in Eastern part of the state were lucky if they got their students through eight scenarios in a week. So we're doing more in a day than most other academies were doing in a week. And we take those scenarios and we roll them into our in-service. So then they repeat them annually. Um, that's that's a significant improvement to the way we train police officers in the Commonwealth, but particularly in Western Mass. And again, you know, I can't take any credit for that because I haven't been at the academy since 2007, uh, other than as a you know one-time subject matter instructor. But that was a that was a significant improvement, and it shows, right? We we don't knock on wood have the problems in, in this region that we see elsewhere in the country as a result of that type of training. The instructors were, were talking about that at dinner last night, how the program has evolved since they were at the academy and the, the, the increase in scenarios. Well, last week you were down there. We talked about it. You were down there with our um, virtual reality simulator. So going into APP, they're doing realistic scenario-based training to get prepped for the live on the ground, you know, live in-person stuff. Yeah. And some of the scenarios are tricky. Some of the scenarios are tricky. Um, but the reality yeah well i'll tell you what it so the the year i think it was the year it was probably within a couple weeks um no maybe maybe it was the following year one of the first winters that i was the chief of police i had just left the academy staff on a regular basis and the mass chiefs were having a holiday luncheon out in the eastern part of the state and so i put on my suit and uh i made a plan um uh, lieutenant kate o'brien was going to go with me i think another commander was going to go with me we took an unmarked car we go to the luncheon i'm not driving so i'm doing you know work and returning phone calls and emails and stuff like that we're coming home from the luncheon and uh i get a text message from officer gainer and she's at applied patrol procedures and they're at barnes in westfield and she texted me and said, can you, can you talk? So I call her, and she's saying, look, we got a student officer. They're, they're in the academy. We're seeing some problems. The director wants to know if you can come look. I'm like, listen, I'm on the turnpike. So uh, we go back and forth for a couple of minutes. I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to have them drop me off at Barnes. We'll do what we got to do. I'll ride home with you, right? I'll, I'll spend the rest of the day at APP, and I'll ride home with you. Just bad timing, bad luck. We, we clear security at the front gate of Barnes. We go through. We're coming to the intersection of the, the driveway, roadway entrance to the main, I think it's called Falcon Way, right? It's where our training area started. As we take the right to turn into the training area, the very first scenario I see is a, is a problematic car stop. It's a car stop that the, the operators are by script, non-cooperative and armed. And it's two Pittsfield recruits 
in the scenario. And as we're turning to drive towards it, because I'm going to have to stop at the safety zone, as we're turning to stop, the scenario unfolds, and it didn't go well. And one, I lost my mind, and two, I went right back into staff instructor mode. So these two student officers are disengaging from the scenario, and they're coming back towards me, and I explode out of this unmarked car in my suit, overcoat, and fedora, and I am screaming like a Marine Corps drill instructor at these. Now they're stuck, right? The scenario has given them one set of stimulus and they want to come away from the scenario. And there's this madman standing in the roadway. And now they're like, it's like, you know, um, what's that, that baseball game, Monkey in the Middle? It looked just like that, right? They're just going, <laughs> it was a long afternoon for those two recruits. What are you going to do? Where are they now? They're, they made it. We work with them. We want everybody to succeed. They made it. So, all right. They probably didn't make it out to all that night. Probably <laughs> <laughs> went home and changed, but it is what it is. Artificial you know? stress. Nobody was actually going to get hurt, no. right? It's a stressful environment. All right. Um, so, APP, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Um, anything you want to add to that? They got okay. one more coming on Monday, and then they graduate. Uh, Tuesdays are their last day. How many? Really? How, many how many are there right 15. now? Fifteen. Fifteen left in this 15, class. That's it. Yeah, these, well, they're um, still under health restrictions. They was, started it, it with like half class. Yeah, they started 20, with 21. like twenty and twenty-two. Nothing remote though, right? Nope. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That didn't work out. <laughs> that didn't work out to everybody's benefit. The uh, so so far the October class is supposed to be full. Yes, excellent. And we have three in that class. All right, so, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> One can hope. I do got to say, so I, I did get to see Milo yesterday. Yep. Um, I, I love our simulator so much more. So My, Milo is, a, is another judgmental use of force simulator. It's firearm simulator. It is not VR. It's flat screen, fixed screen. Uh, the, the one difference that, you know, Milo, every, everyone has some benefits. The one difference uh, with Milo is you can actually force, based on the scenario and the setup in the room, you can actually force them to seek legitimate cover. Yeah. Right? So, you know, there's something to be said for that. We, that just came up in the supervisory roundtable, that differentiating between concealment and cover. That's a valuable lesson to learn. You want to make sure you impress that one. Yeah, but yeah I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, it, it, yeah, it definitely has its use, but... I definitely, I like ours better. There are more branching options and, and things that you could um, introduce in ours. And I, like we talked about last week, I think because we were working so closely with the vendor, we can probably request that they, it's, just, it's not drawing, it's programming, right? right? That they program in more cover versus concealment stuff to see what people choose. Yep. So they're coming up next week, right? Uh, next month. Oh, next month. Next okay. Month. So we'll add that to the list of things to ask them. All right. We should so have them come out to the show. We should have them come out to the show. So also on Wednesday, did you did you jump into our Zoom on Wednesday? I couldn't see all the I participants. Yep. Okay. I was there. Great. So um, other big things we accomplished this week. So on Wednesday, um, we hosted, PPD hosted, a fairly sizable Zoom meeting. We had 27 participants, I believe, in the Zoom meeting um, that I asked my counterparts, my friends and counterparts from Chelsea PD to 
come brief some of our command staff and human service provider on a program known as the hub uh, in the commonwealth we call it you know it's known as the chelsea hub it's been replicated in worcester and springfield and i think 10 more communities so far i'm hopeful that it's going to be replicated here in pittsfield uh, and essentially the hub is a multi-agency multi-jurisdictional round table where police public safety ems uh, mental health providers human services providers and other entities can meet collectively to discuss residents that manifest or exhibit more than one risk factor or risk for more than one um modality so you know maybe substance abuse and mental illness maybe mental illness and homelessness or whatever the factor of combinations are but if they present in more than one modality the the team meets and discuss anonymously and then once the decision is made that they've triaged it through this selection process a small subset of the round table then agrees to put together an intervention strategy and is required to report back the following week and so we've gotten a lot of buy-in since Wednesday. Uh, you know, Chelsea came out and well, they didn't come out and brief us. They briefed us from Chelsea via Zoom. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've you know we had 27 people in that room. We've already added about 10 more since that, based on the ask I made at the end. And uh, so far, every agency has agreed. Um, so I'm very hopeful that we can probably get the training done this fall and have something in place by the end of well, the I year. I think the important thing with that chief is is it's not just on the police's shoulders anymore right it, it, we're bringing everybody in on that yeah and i mean i seen people on that that zoom call i'm like wow they're involved yeah oh this person's involved which we need help well you know so i i mentioned it briefly after the mayor made her remarks i joined i came to work for the city in 1993 as a civilian my first job was as the director of the west side neighborhood resource center it was part-time for the first year and then full-time and i did that for two years before i went to the police academy one of the first assignments I was given by then Chief Gerald Lee was to pull together a group of community stakeholders to try to do this multi-agency work and put together assistance for our at-risk residents. And in 1993, 1994, I was working with you know then police officer, now Chief Probation Officer Jimmy Hunt. We were told definitively by our community partners, we can't talk to you about these people. Privacy, HIPAA, protections, confidentiality, and I just remember, so I was new, right? I, was, I, was, I didn't know what, how to respond. It was like, we all know they're receiving services from you. We all know they're, they're telling us, right? We're there. We're dealing with them. You're helping them. You're helping them. You're helping them. We're responding to their apartment at 2 o'clock in the morning. Why can't we all figure this out? And they wouldn't. And so, you know, 93, 94, we backed away from it, right? They didn't want to work with the police. Well, now it's 2021. Now. <laughs> now it's 2021 and everybody mm -hmm. is recognizing, oh, you know, that we've been relying on the police to respond to these things for 26 years. Maybe we should give them a little more information or take a little more information. In many cases, we don't want them to tell us anything. We want to tell them what we're seeing at 2 o'clock in the morning when they're not seeing their clients, right? So I'm very optimistic. I'm very hopeful. I'm going to have this model up and running. Um, and that'll be good for everybody. It'll be good for the residents. It'll be good for our partners and stakeholders. But it will be the best for our residents. They'll get full wraparound services, hopefully. And we'll make, you know, I think, what did Chelsea say? They've had like 847 successful interventions. They've only been doing it for six years. You know, this, this has potential to be life-changing for some of our residents. So I'm excited about it.
And they, you know, the the captain threw up the the stats for Chelsea PD. I think it started 2015. 2015. And it progressively declined uh, other stats, which showed that this program was working. Yeah. Or is working. Well, I think the stat you're referring to is so they so the same period of time that they've had the hub running. There's a I don't remember which periodical it is, but it tracks the most dangerous cities in the country. Oh, that yeah, yep. And you know Chelsea was like in the in the top five. Yeah, they were like top tier. It's yep. bad, and now they're not, not even making the list. Now it's not, they're not reportable, right? They they in six years they've moved themselves yep. off of the reportable numbers. Yep. Um, and you know Chelsea, they, like we have some challenges out here. We don't have challenges like Chelsea has. You've heard me talk about this in supervisory roundtables, and I'm going to get the number wrong. It's, you know, I don't have my training notes in front of me, but you know, so the chief in Chelsea is Brian Kais. He he's the president of the Mass Major City Chiefs. He presents at our annual um, meeting retreat every year, and one of the things he talks about is how they they develop intervention strategies and data points that they use to try to figure out how they're going to change their policing strategy. And one of the data points they use is how many languages are spoken in their public schools. And at the time I met Brian and we started talking about this, I think the number, okay, going from memory, so I could be wrong, but I think it was 27, it, you know, something close to that. And it's probably more now. 27 different languages that their students ESL had. You know, we, we have many, but I think like we focus our attention on like five. Mm-hmm. They had 27. 27 that they had to have different um, language instructors, 27 that they had different translators, 27 that they had to produce documents printed. Um, so that's that's amazing. All right, so we had the hub meeting. That's, that's, that's a lot to do in three days. Right, so we dragged you out here. What's going on in the day shift? Not much. We're busy. You're always we're busy. busy. We're, 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 uh, my officers are always uh, got something going on. Um, you know, we were talking about downtown. Um, I'm going to try implementing the park and walk again with my officers. Nice. Um, I've been doing That's it. I've been out there. Uh, I got my perch on. For the, for, the, <laughs> for the record, just in case my boss is listening, the lieutenant and I have not discussed this since yesterday's meeting. This is holistic. And being generated by the <laughs> experts in the field based on what they're seeing, but you're getting what you asked for. Yeah, cool. Thank you. No, we, uh, you know, we have our bike patrol out there, and I, I've seen them on my ship on a regular yep. basis. Um, we've made some improvements. We've made some changes. We've gotten great feedback from some of the merchants on North Street. Let's cross our fingers. Yeah, yeah. It's a long road. <laughs> So I want to I want to follow up with you on two things. So you sent an email yesterday in response to an email I sent last week about that location on East Street that had some vandalism, and I said we need to follow up on this. Yes. Do we know what the status of that is? That was I don't know the status, but I got an re- email back from one of my sergeants okay. saying that that was TCO okay. by Officer Jumo. Got it. Thank um, you. I didn't follow up further on that, but okay. yes, I'll, I'll check the reports on that. Um, that was me bailing myself out of vacation emails. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> Listen, I, I am so looking forward to my scheduled time off with one, one apprehensive exception, and that's it, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, next week I'll, I'll manage to maintain some comms. The following week it's going to drop way, way off, and I just know when I come back it's going to take me a week to dig out. <laughs> yep. 
it is what it is. Um, so the other thing we were talking about downtown and you know downtown's busy it's robust there's all kinds of cool stuff going on but uh, I didn't send these to the command group yesterday just because I didn't want to frustrate you so we were getting um, I was on a couple email threads yesterday and one of the email threads it originated with one of our police supervisors in response to an email I had sent a couple weeks about the bike lanes and so the police supervisor responds to the thing and he basically says Twice in the last couple of weeks since you sent this email, I've had uh, interactions with residents riding their bikes on the sidewalk, and they became confrontational. <laughs> and so I had to go talk to the supervisor and I forwarded the email uh, to the requester. And I'm talking to the supervisor, and he's like, listen, it, I had to threaten this guy with arrest. Like, so without getting into the details, the supervisor sees gentleman ride his bike on the sidewalk, which is still prohibited in downtown, mm-hmm. right? It's not announced anywhere. The signs aren't in place adequately, but it is still prohibited, right? So the sergeant doesn't try to do an enforcement activity. It, and he, he may have been a little sarcastic. I don't know. He's, <laughs> but he basically said, excuse me, sir, you either have to walk that or that lane. That lane's for you. Um, and basically, the guy popped wise and, and said, I don't have to ride there. You can't make me. <laughs> but it, and if that was the end of the conversation, this, I wouldn't be talking about this this morning. But then it got loud, and uh, and the sergeant's like, and finally I said, if you don't if you don't lower your voice, I'm going to arrest you, right? Which is not what we want to do in a situation like we're trying to educate people. Um, but so I I forward this uh, I forward this email thread I'm like, listen, you know, got confrontational. These people are not happy, and uh, I get a reply. It doesn't matter who the reply was from. Like, well, I was walking North Street. I asked somebody to get off the sidewalk and ride in the bike lane, and they pulled their headphones on, flipped me off, and rode away. <laughs> and I'm like, we've been telling you, right? Yeah. People yeah. don't understand. They don't appreciate it. I'm going to make another push to have the signage um, improved and increased, right? We, we have been told, the police department has been told for a number of years by the magistrates in the court that they won't accept our, our citations for riding on the sidewalk because there's people aren't informed they don't know um and they they want more signage right and so we if we want to do our job we need to have notice that you know essentially the area is between the museum on south street and the hospital at the north end on north street and then you know there's a couple little areas on tyler Mm -hmm. street you're just not supposed to ride your bike on the sidewalk it's it's been that way since i was a kid um but people people don't know right so it's one thing to put the bike lanes in. It's another thing to get the people off the sidewalk. Those are two separate issues. Um, so we'll do what we can to try to accommodate those two issues. Well, but I, I, you know, I've, I've seen increased people using the bike lanes more than the sidewalks now. You, you know, you see a very few. Change is at least slow. For me. But yeah, it, it, it's slow. What else is going on in the day shift? Oh, well, we uh, switching gears. We got one in the FTO program. That's true. Officer Farman. We're um, gonna have to get him out here. We haven't interviewed him yet. Yeah, he's uh, he's just finishing up. He's got one more week in phase one. Um, he's he's doing very well. Uh, I don't foresee any any issues going into phase two with his program. Um, so we'll get him graduated and on the streets. Yep. Uh, A lot of people are waiting for that. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm waiting for it for different reasons. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, everybody's waiting for different reasons. Yeah. But uh, 
he's going to be a, a good asset to the PPD, definitely. So for everybody who's who's listening, you know, how I, I don't think for a lot of well, I, I I'm just going to say this because it's not just our listeners and viewers, even my my fellow department heads, they don't understand this, right? So personnel and staffing issues have a ripple effect, and so we have a vacancy in the drug unit, and we have people who want to go to work in the drug unit. And the drug unit wants to fill the vacancy, and their supervisors and commanders are lobbying to get that vacancy filled. But that person is going to come from patrol. And so, you know, the, the timing of it matters. If, if I fill the vacancy in the drug unit without balancing patrol, now we just drive up overtime in patrol because we can't not fill the ships in patrol. And so, you know, if I, told the, I told the commanders, work this out, or I'm putting an octagon behind door four. The winner takes the, the takes the vacancy, uh, so they worked it out, and the the request essentially the the deal was essentially when Officer Farnham finishes field training and can replace somebody, we can do that. Mm-hmm. And now now the hope is that because he he's a lateral transfer, that we can complete the field training program faster than we would for a brand new academy recruit. And now the drug unit supervisors are they're pushing. Yeah, they're, right? get, they're getting excited. They're they're, they're cheering. Excited. They're cheering for him to get his task done. And I can get slow through. it down. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> say that out loud. <laughs> right. It's um, no, but he's uh, he, he's going to do just fine, and every, I don't foresee him. You know, like you said, we can expedite the. Everything is a balance. It is a balance. All right, so we have about three minutes left. You've been a little quiet this segment. Gary, let's go back to you. It's going to be in the 80s and 90s with probably some thunderstorms rolling through. It's going to present some challenges at camp. No, it'll be no, fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Do you have a camper? We have a camper. Is it air conditioned? Yes, it is. Perfect. There you go. <clears throat> so, yeah, we have, it's, uh, it's like our second home. We get out of the city on the weekends and. Good for you. De stress. Well, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so that's your plans for the weekend that's our plans there you go lieutenant plans for the weekend well we have a, a couple birthday parties to attend uh, one's gonna be a 50 year old 50th another one's gonna Is that be you no it's not me not yet <laughs> uh then like gary we're gonna do some camping next week trying to get it we were trying to get out on the boat last night but that it, it figures Thunderstorms right, right, right at four o'clock when i leave the on my bike crazy. you're on the motorcycle on right? the motorcycle the heavens opened up. Yeah, the wind. The wind. Was it was crazy. bad. And uh, listen, not for now. I'm just going to throw this out there, brother. And this is because I love you and care for you. You were not properly attired for riding your motorcycle to and from work yesterday. No, I wasn't. No, you were not. I, I will agree to that. You mean the shorts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sneakers, right? Yeah. 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 Just don't do that. You know and, better. And you cannot that. see me because I have an orange bike, so I, I stick out. You know better than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else? Birthday parties and then... Uh, what else we got? We got a, 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 you know, a belated graduation party from high school. Nice. That we're going to be attending. Um, I'll be working on uh, a project at home for in between those times. And uh, that's about it, yeah. really. Yeah, it's hopefully the weather right. works for us. So I got to train. And then uh, Sunday is going to be just, you know, packing stuff up and getting stuff ready because... Uh, I start my leaf block on Monday. Good for you. Then, uh, Good for you. you know, I'll, I'll be back with you guys in a couple of weeks after I get back from jujitsu camp. So nice. looking forward to that. All right. We are just about out of time. 
Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM. Um, stay, t- you know, stay tuned and stay on the air and listen to the new podcast coming out of the mayor's office that's going to be airing right after us. Until we see you next week or a couple weeks from now in my case, stay safe, stay healthy, and be kind. We're 10-8.